when Ebenezer Talks, Sunday Conversations with Pastor Milton Bunting. I want to finish this series today entitled Summer in the Psalms. And I want to finish this today in a very familiar passage of scripture. You all have heard it down through the years. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. What does surely really mean? That's the question we want to lift today. We solicit your prayers and your amens. Quintavion, we've read this 23rd song, and you're just like me. You've been in church before you were born. You were in church. Matter of fact, most of us out here know more about church than we do anything else. And so it's no need of me to insult our intelligence as it relates to this particular psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art is with me. Thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine Enemies that anointeth my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, many of you remember back in the day, in the late 70s and 80s, when the old preachers didn't really feel like preaching or sickness at taking over their body, couldn't violate. You remember they would just quote that psalm, Kuntavion, and give the benediction. That's a true story. That happened right at this church. But I want to lift today that one word out of that sixth verse of that 23rd song, and that one word is surely. We've heard that word. We've heard that verse quoted, Dominique, down through the annals of time. But how many of us have ever really given any thought in that last verse of the Psalm of David? When David penned this psalm, he wrote it out of his own long, lifelong experience of being a sheep farmer. Therefore, he labels God, my brothers and sisters, as his shepherd. And does so because sheep, if you will, Anthony's need depends on a shepherd. They rely on him now. Watch this here. 
For those of you who are taking notes, they rely on him for, number one, provision. They rely on him, number two, for guidance. And Duffy, they rely on him, number three, for protection. I think I ought to say that again because I want you to get that. If you don't get anything else today, the sheep rely on the shepherd for provision, guidance, and protection. Now, since we are moving so closely to an outdoor and an indoor Bible study, let me uh, help y'all understand that all throughout the biblical canon, the Bible is saturated with scriptorial notations that confirm Jesus or our Lord and Savior being our shepherd. Come here, John 10, 11. You're right, Palmer. Jesus is described here as our good shepherd. Come here, Hebrews 13, 20. You're right, Palmer. In that particular pericope, he is labeled as the chief shepherd. And then in 1 Peter 5 and 4, Evelyn, Reverend Sample, the writer, talks about our Lord being the chief shepherd. And so today we see through all out the word of God that our Lord and Savior is our shepherd. But what was David thinking about? Preach Palmer just a little while. What, what was he thinking about when he concluded Psalm 23 with the words, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Slow down, boy. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to lift today because I am a word fanatic. I believe in words. I like words. I like looking up words. I get intrigued, pumping gas, watching the word of the week come across the screen on the gas pump. I want to lift the word surely. S-U-R-E. R-E-L-Y, Miss Ruth, before us today because there has to be a reason as to why David chose this particular word or implemented this word in his sentence structure. Why that vocabulary? Why would he say, surely? What was the meaning behind such a word and why would he have begun the last verse of the most beloved psalm ever written in such a way? Why, Washington, did he say surely and what does it mean for us? First thing David is attempting to teach us, Dominique, I wish I had my screen out here, would be the words that he was speaking were true and very, watch this here, very elementary preaching today. The word he was speaking in Psalm 23 verse 6 was true and very believable. 
I know, I know, I know y'all wanted something more homiletically sound. You wanted something more hermeneutically correct. But I want you to catch this as elementary as you can. Psalms 23 and 6 is true and you can believe it. David through his writing, Psalm 23 and 6 showing us that what he is saying about God is true. All right, Tommy, listen to it again. Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow who? Me. David wasn't worrying about you. David was speaking of himself. Now put you in David's shoes. Listen to what it says. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow who? Point to yourself, me, all win, not just Sunday. Uh -huh. I, I need you to catch this here. Not just at the doctor's appointment. Yeah. Not just when I drop my child off to school and not knowing where COVID-19 is, but surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That means no matter where I go, goodness and mercy is going to follow me. No matter how low I go, goodness and mercy or God's love and his unmerited favor will follow me no matter how high I fly. God's love and his mercy will carry me and go with me all of the way. David wanted to assure us that most certainly and most especially in our time and all throughout our lives that goodness and mercy would be with us as we travel through this place called life. And I want to park here, catch my breath, and suggest to all of us that this thing called life is not easy. I wish I had enough, enough frequency, and I wish I had enough time. I, I would pass the mic if it wasn't for coronavirus. I'd let every one of y'all give your testimony about how hard life has been for you just this week, because as quiet as it's kept, Everybody on this yard has had at least one phone call, one email, one envelope in the mailbox, one text message, one mess, one DM, one time, one phone call, one knock on the door, one thing in your mind to make you testify, Palmer, you're right. Life has not been easy. And in actuality, in actuality, Clarence, what David, for the most of us today, is just confirming what we already know. And that is God's goodness or his love, if you will, his compassionate spirit will always be with us. I wish I was in Bible study because I'd really help you all see it. Because what I want you to see today is the fact that it's, it, it does not matter. Who's against you? It does not matter what is or may be against you. 
We serve a God that specializes in grace and mercy. And so Quintavion, when the world don't give you no grace, when nobody else won't give you no mercy, we've got a shepherd that overlooks his sheep. And no matter how messed up you may be, he will still give you grace and mercy. Somebody ought to slap five with whoever's in your car and tell them, baby, Palmer's preaching today to me and to you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. David's telling us through this one word, surely, that his mercy or his merciful demeanor will always resonate with us. And therefore, Angela, no matter where we go, no matter where we end up, no matter how many days you stay in school, God's love, God's favor will be with us, leading us, guiding us, protecting us all of the way. And you know, I wish I was inside because I could say it a little better because isn't that, isn't that our collective testimony? Isn't that our overall affirmation for those of you who have Methodist blood in your lines, in your, in your veins? Isn't that your affirmation today that everywhere we go and everything we've ever achieved and everything we've ever done, God's love has been with us and his mercy has covered us. And so David, Kim Johnson David, had to use the word surely. Had he couldn't have used no other word in the dictionary, he had to use the word surely. He had to begin verse 6 with this particular word because he needed to reinforce for us the power of God in the eyes of man. All right, all right, the wind's blowing, so y'all don't mind if I take a little time, a little extra time. Listen, God will always show your enemies how much power he has through you. It's not on the script. My typist didn't type it on the script. I gave them the manuscript, but it's not on the, it's not on the iPad. I'm giving this to you for free. Let me say it again. God will always show your enemies how much power he has. Somebody still ain't caught it. Through you. In other words, in other words, he'll allow some sickness to navigate its way to your life. And he'll allow his mercy and his favor to hoover and, and, and put a cloud and a covering over you so you won't look like what you've been through. All right? You don't believe me? He will allow your children to publicly humiliate you. But the humiliation will not lead to a fatality because God's grace and mercy not only covers you, but it covers those in whom you pray for. I wish I had somebody praying with me. He will allow you to go through 
your moments of depression, your moments of pain, your moments of making fatal or near fatal mistakes. He will allow you to get caught up in the catch up. Why? So that he can show the world it's a wretch undone, but I'm going to show you how grace and mercy will pick him up, dust him off, and bring him back to life needed us to know everywhere our foot our feet rather would tread God's love and his mercy would be there he needed us to know no matter how dark a lonely life would sometimes be God's love and his mercy would be there he needed us to understand that in the presence Mike Smith of our enemies and our illuminating issues, God's love, God's goodness, and his mercy would be there. He needed us to know that even violent in days of tiredness and days where you feel like giving up and days where you feel like throwing in the towel, he wants to remind us through the word surely that he is able to grant us grace and mercy to take us from one day to another day. And that's one thing that David meant when he opened up the word, the verse rather, with the word surely. But that's not the only thing, Q, that Dave was trying to show us that God's goodness and his mercy was true and believable. But secondly, finally, David uses the word surely. Watch this now. I'm going to say it slow because it's rather lengthy. And I want you to get it, the note takers, to suggest number two, the role of God's goodness and mercy is, is in place to get us through the uncertainties of this life and into the certainty of a life which is to come. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. The role of God's goodness, this is probably as loud as I'm going to get today, and mercy is in place to get us through, watch this, I want you to catch it, the uncertainties of this life and into the certainty of a life which is to come. All right, let me help you, then we're going to go home. Listen to the text. Psalm 23, 6, where David says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David uses the word Jake Charlie to confirm for us that what God gives unto us in this life will carry us straight into an eternal life with him. Now I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time making you happy trying to make you shout about when I get to heaven, going to put on my shoes and walk around heaven and spread the news. I, I don't want to talk about that because ain't none of us ready to go to heaven and walk around heaven and 
spread the news and all that. Ain't nobody ready to go to no tree that bears 12 manners of fruit. Ain't nobody ready to go see your mom and your daddy. All that stuff sound good one o'clock Saturday afternoon when I'm closing out your loved one's funeral. But as quiet as it's kept, ain't none of y'all ready to go nowhere but to your house. Now, I just told the truth right there. But since it's in the text, I need y'all to understand what it really means. In other words, what David's really saying to us is this life is saturated with uncertainty. But God's grace and his mercy, because you can't talk about grace without talking about mercy. It's, 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 y'all know I'm fat, so I've got to use food as analogy. It's just like you can't talk about Beckham without talking about eggs. All right, you need another one? Okay, you can't talk about pig feet without talking about potato salad. You, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't talk about fried spot without talking about cornbread. Come, come on and talk to me. You, you can't talk about a new suit, men, without a new shirt and some new shoes. Yes, Ladies that dress the old way, that dress the traditional way, you can't talk about a new dress without a new hair. You know you ain't going to put on no new dress and not have on at least, number one, a new hat or a hat that you think nobody don't remember. And so you can't talk about God's grace without talking about his mercy because God's grace and mercy gives us what we need. Listen here, note takers, number one, to survive. Number two, to strive. And number three, to surpass every level of uncertainty that comes our way. Now, I need to help the young people who are under 44, between 21 and 40. There are different levels to this. You don't go, you're not going through what a 70-year-old has been through. So your definition, and I'm just going to make somebody mad now, your definition of grace and mercy at 21 is different from the grace and mercy definition of an 80-year-old. All right, you don't believe me? Let me help you, then I'm going to get out of the way. A 21-year-old's definition of grace and mercy is not getting stopped drunk by the cops. I know y'all don't want to hear that. Now, that might be some of y'all old people's definition, too. I don't know. That's another sermon for another day. But the definition of grace and mercy for an idiot is if they live at home alone, they don't want to fall and break their hip. So every morning, preach Palmer, that I wake up from the club at 21 and I was drunk as a skunk last night and Mike Smith and his boys didn't pull me over at 21. That's grace and mercy. 
mercy. But for an 80-year-old, every morning I get up and I don't fall down and break something thusly for the doctor to say, you're too old for surgery. That's my definition of grace and mercy. Y'all got it? All right, let's go home. Life is uncertain, but we have God's grace and his mercy. The safety of our black race is uncertain, but we have God's grace and his mercy. The safety of our young black boys and men walking down city streets and country roads is uncertain, but they have God's grace and mercy. The outcome of November the 3rd, 2020 is uncertain, but I can promise you one thing. Come the morning of November 4th, no matter what way the pendulum swings, we will still have God's grace and his mercy. The allegiance who's with us, of who's with us and who's in your corner is uncertain because friends are with you today and against you tomorrow, but God's grace and God's mercy is always certain. Being able to survive in a country that loves a 17-year-old white boy toting an AR-15 in the street after his murder two black people versus its love and safety and fair treatment of all boys regardless of color is uncertain, but we still have God's grace and his mercy. What tomorrow holds for us is uncertain. But God's goodness and his mercy is still available. And now I know Evelyn, Anthony, Barbara, I know now. I know now, Dominique. I know now, Joel, why David used the word surely. I know why he pinned it. He needed to reinforce the fact that even in uncertain times, God's goodness, God's love, if you will, his divine favor will always remain certain in that same goodness. And that same mercy would lead us through these uncertain times and into an eternal life with Christ where there are no uncertainties, only certain assurances. Surely, we're living in uncertainty, but we got God's grace and mercy. Surely, we're traveling in an uncertain path, but we've got God's grace and his mercy. Surely, I might get sick every now and then, but I've got God's grace and I've got his mercy. Surely, I don't know whether I can trust my children going into this world without some divine supervision. That's why I thank God for his grace and his mercy. Surely, I've seen the lightning flash. Surely, I've heard the thunder roll. Surely, I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul, but surely I heard the voice of Jesus say, be still and still 
will fight on. For surely he promised never to leave me. I'm sorry, this is the second week. I didn't lift my voice. I'll do it one of these days. Never to leave me alone. What are you saying, Palmer? What I'm saying is surely the Lord is my shepherd. Surely I shall not want. Surely he makes me lie down in green pastures. Surely he leads me beside Still water, surely he restores my soul. Surely he leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Surely I might walk through some valleys sometimes. Surely, but surely I will fear no evil. Why? Because surely and most certainly the Lord is with me. Surely he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And surely he anoints my head with oil. And surely my cup runs over. But I like the last part. And I'm leaving you children when I tell you this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And one day after a while when the bell begins to ring. One day after a while when the angels begin to sing. One day after a while when I've gone the last mile of the way. Surely, goodness and mercy, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. Won't be no more crying. Won't be no more pain. Won't be no more misery. But I'll dwell with him. In his mansion that's so bright and fair. And I thank God today because every now and then he shows us through one word scenarios that he's able to keep us. And I just want to pull the yard before I go back home feed my pigs. I want to go back. I want to, I want to pull the yard and ask you, do you know he's able today? Do you know he'll provide today? Do you know that if you trust him and never doubt, God will surely bring you out. I am weak and I need thy strength and power to help me over my weakest hour. Help me through the darkness. Whose face? Not mama's face. Not daddy's face. Not some movie star's face. Face. Lead me through the darkness, thy face to see. Lead me. Anybody know it? Oh Lord. I'm gonna say it again because somebody didn't catch it. I'm weak. And I need thy strength and power to help me over thy weakest hour. Help me through the darkness, thy face to see. Oh, Lord, leave me.
When Ebenezer Talks, Sunday Conversations with Pastor Milton Bundy.